Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Talk to me, friend. How are we doing today? Good, man. I'm a little tired. A little tired. But um But we 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 fight we fight through that. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm good though. I'm here, I'm alive. We are alive. Are you though? What? This could all be a simulation. You could that not be alive? you. I'm not me. And we never know. We can never answer these questions. This could all be this at the matrix. Could be. I don't know. Possibly. I believe I am alive as well. Earlier today, <laughs> I banged my elbow on something. It hurt. Funny bone? Yeah. Mm. Nothing funny about it though, no. but it's a very distinct hurt. Like, yeah. you know, you hit that. Yeah. Like, it's different. Like, if you hit somewhere in the middle of your forearm, you might even just not even feel it. Yeah. But when you hit that little indentation or whatever yeah. there is in that in that bones. elbow, yeah. oh, everything goes numb, shuts yep. the system down. It's crazy. I don't know. It's oh, like well, some I, kind of off button. I need to I need to figure out, like, uh, I'm going to Google that. Like, yeah, we need what, to study that. What, I never really like, question. Yeah. I just go, it's the funny bone. And you know when you hit the funny bone. Yeah. But is it's it not hilarious. Like, yeah, what? it's definitely like a very sensitive nerve somewhere. Shit. I bet it has something to do with chakras. Like, if you wanted to, you could intentionally probably find it. And then do it yourself. Like I'm gonna touch that, and then like like it like it releases endorphins or something like that. But anyway, I bang my elbow. <laughs> pump it and shit. Yeah, you can pump. You like, man, I really want to get that rush of my hand being numb. Yeah. But uh, when I bang my elbow, it brought on this question I wanted to ask you about because you know I've I've known you for a long time, but I don't, yeah. I don't you know to my knowledge you're something like Superman because I've never known you to go to the hospital or anything like that. So I was yeah. gonna ask like, what's the dumbest way you you've ever injured yourself? Oh, the dumbest way. You know, one time. I don't think I ever told you this. When you was living at Owens Mills, I was coming okay. over to your house mm-hmm. that day. I don't know how I was. I don't know how I got to. I, I don't know if being, you was coming. You were being driven there by somebody. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you. Uh, was you driving in? No. No way. No, 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 no. I don't know how I got we to. Were like, house. We were like 13 years old. Did your mom pick me up? That could be what happened. That might have what happened. You're I might have been such something. a spoiled brat <laughs> that my mom went and got you without so. me. And I to bring so. you to our house. I think so. It, that is a possibility that that's It was either that or my dad took me. One of the two. Okay. And my uh, dresser has the two doors, right? Yes, like a like a uh, like a wardrobe. Yes, yeah, okay. And one of them was broke, and somehow one of them fell on me. One of the doors. One of the doors fell on me. 
It like came off. The it like came off the thing and fell on me, and I like put my oh, arm yeah, up. Like, oh, yeah, and it, <laughs> like and an it, avalanche. Yeah, and it clipped and it clipped the skin off back on the side of my hand. Oh, did it go deep enough that you were like? Yeah. This? Well, I the, the thing that the, the oh, it like it, cl- it, it clamped closed. it. Yeah. Oh, it like caught the skin yeah. clamped in there. Yeah, she hurt. Wow, I never forget that. Yeah, that sounds. I was very going dramatic. to your house that day. I you never still came. <laughs> yes, you never brought that up. I didn't know you had such a traumatic experience before you came over to play Madden. Might have been that was like Madden 06. I don't know what year it was, but it was like 2006. That was horrifying. That sounds pretty. I was bad. like, ah, yeah, my head I, up. I can picture it. You being like, no, <laughs> like it's taller fucking than door <laughs> falling on me and shit. Yeah, that's very, yeah, that, that's man. very traumatic uh, for me. For me, because I thought of I thought of mine, and I've had worse ones. I don't I don't attribute. I don't think my Achilles injury was dumb. It yeah. was just a freak accident. Like, yeah. yeah, I got hurt. It was nothing dumb. The dumbest thing that the dumbest way I ever injured myself. Remember? Well, there's still a thing, obviously, but like. When we were young, there was a point where pegs like took this world by storm. Like everybody wanted pegs Bikes? on their bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. wanted pegs on their bike. But I had a mountain bike, mm-hmm. and I just was. I refused. Everybody was like, "Well, you." I bought pegs. I was like, "Mom, can you take me to the store? I want to buy some pegs to put on my bike." And yeah. then I went and I'm plugging the dialing modem and shit to look up like how to put pegs on a bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up, and it was like, "Well, pegs don't go on mountain bikes." And I was like, yeah. "I'm a fool." Yeah. What is? Ask Jeeves no, right? So I was like, I'm going to put these pegs on this mountain bike. Mm-hmm. So I am I go and I take the screws off of where the wheels go. And, you know, mountain bikes have that back thing at the by the back to for the gears, the gear shifter. Yeah. I'm fiddling around with that. By the time I'm done, I got the pegs on there and there's stuff not on the bike now. Yeah. I was like, whatever, man. Like, the bike still works. Like, Is this before I met you? No, you, no. Nah, yeah, my, well, it was, it was fringe. This, nev- like, this might have been fifth grade and then uh, uh, I've never we met saw in sixth you. grade. I'll, I've never remember you having the bike. Oh, I, this is the, this is the story where bikes <laughs> was done. Bikes got canceled for me, right? I was like so mad and, and angry at bikes for this yeah. as if the bike did it. When yeah. It was me and my foolishness. My hubris, if not, <laughs> saying like, oh, you can put pegs on a mountain bike. Yeah. Fucking ba- bike engineers and it, well you can't put pegs on the back of a mountain bike you can put them on the front well i thought you back. well i was like i don't want some dude's ass in my face <laughs> yeah the pegs go on the back yeah. i'm not putting pegs. why would i want pegs on the front seat yeah this is before i was like maybe girls could ride on the bike and they'll sit on the front i was like no nah, man the homies go on the back they yeah. sit bitch seat they sit bitch peg <laughs> i'm not putting pegs on the front and then they have to like guide me yeah put the ass the on, the, on the that's seat, always the worst I've, I've, ri- I've ridden front peg before it's yeah. not a fun job it's it so scary like you're on the the edge of the bike like uh, uh rose in the yeah. titanic yeah. and you're like yo turn left it's a rock <laughs> and the, you know like i don't like that on yeah. the back you can chill you got your hands on their shoulder <laughs> you're cruising you kind of lean into the turns with them yeah. back pegs are fun yeah it was front fun. pegs are just like weird it's yeah. awkward for everybody involved yeah. so i was like fuck with the what ass Jeeves said mm-hmm. i'm gonna put the pegs on the back and like i said Bing, bang, boom. I had a, I had wrenches and shit, tools that like weren't for this job. Yeah. But I got them on there and they seemed secure. And like I said, I looked to the side. There was some stuff not on the bike that was on the bike originally. But you <laughs> know how some, Yeah, you know how you like go, you go to Ikea. Sometimes you put stuff together. It's like a little bag of extra screws. You yeah. go, it's, it's sturdy. It's up. It looks good. Right. This is just, they just put extra, extra shit. shit in the bag right. sometimes. And this was when we were still friends with a guy who became like, another friend of ours friend yeah, yeah, yeah. when we like we like traded best friends yeah. <laughs> so this was when he was still my best friend yeah. he comes and knocks on the door he's like yo there's a fight uh happening around the corner i was like what oh my god i was i'm so excited i went and grabbed my bike mm-hmm. and i went to go i was on some like uh indiana jones shit like i came i like opened the door up of the house and was like came out of the house on the bike boom doom 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 boom like i came out of the house uh, and then i 
jumped the curb down and then I went to swing around to go through a cut through some grass to get to the next block. Yeah. And when I popped up on the curb, the front the front wheel came off of the bike. <laughs> but I'm already wheelied into the air. Yeah. Right? So and now and I see the wheel it like comes off the bike. I was like, "Oh shit." And then now, you know, the all the shocks and whatever's on the front front wheel <laughs> doesn't matter anymore uh, cuz the wheel's not there to right. brace yourself. So the bike just goes straight forward, flips me, <laughs> and then the back wheel with that the pegs I just put on there the whole back of the bike comes, bow, hits me right in the back of the head. I'm there just like in a daze. The first time <laughs> in my life you ever like the birds yeah. spinning around and you got like a knot come out of it. It was the first time in my life I ever had been hit that hard where I felt that that happened to me. It's like a, it's like a ring. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It, was, yeah, it, was like a, it was like saving Private Ryan. I like got up in slow motion. I was like, oh, had dirt and shit on my face. And, and, then, and then I like went to like, I was like, oh shit, I got mud on my face nose or something <laughs> yeah and i went to wipe my nose and it was blood all over my hand ran in the house got paper towels <laughs> left the bike there and didn't ne never saw the fight <laughs> was your mom home She's no i was actually being babysat by oh, a cousin oh, okay. like an older cousin so it was like yeah i really was like left to my own devices yeah he might not even have been home he'd be like yo look i i know a girl around the corner so i'll be back i'll be back yeah. <laughs> it was it was like that kind of babysitting yeah. like so i was really on my own and i did that really dumb thing and got my first ever nosebleed and that was probably the last time I've ridden a bike. Yeah. Here and there. That was the last time I owned a bike. Like, okay. actively went and bought a bike. It's funny uh, because at the size you were at that age. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. You were very aggressive. Yeah. Well, okay. Very what, do you, what do you mean? I mean, like. First of all, I don't like the attack, but continue. Okay. <laughs> so the size I was. You, little, you, you, you mean I, I was a little um, husky. Yeah. I was a little. All the football scouts were looking at me yeah. like a, like a like a D one prospect. You was very aggressive though. Sure, you was. Just what do like, you mean? Okay, just like I'm following you. Okay, <laughs> like, I remember one time you came to my house and I had a I got a brand new hoop. Yeah, I got a brand new hoop. Mm -hmm. Let's like, play some ball, you know. She and you like wanted to be Shaq and <laughs> broke my fucking hoop. <laughs> I had it for like a day and you like came over and broke my fucking hoop, man. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> that I am an enthusiastic person. I like to live my dreams out. This has been a problem. I've been ba I was banned from many a house. Uh, we won't stay on this too long, but uh, there was a point in my life where I couldn't go sleep at anybody's house. Cause every what, time I break shit. Oh man, it was crazy. Everybody's like, let's play a fun children's game where we roll this ball to each other. I'd be like, let's play soccer. Bing, kick a vase over yeah. breaks it's like last time you can come to this house yeah and then at like 13 years old like a switch i just like mellowed out <laughs> and the person that i am today i've been this it's almost as if it's almost as if like my consciousness came alive at like 13 and i don't even remember the person that they're talking about yeah well they'd be like you used to be so like aggressive yeah. like you said and like come in and do cartwheels and kick somebody's tv put a hole in the wall yeah all that shit and i'm like man i can't even imagine i don't i don't i have no desire to do any of those things yeah. but people didn't believe me we don't believe that you're just yeah. you're didn't just you have, stop like doing this in your house at one time oh man yeah i almost thought we were gonna get evicted that time one time i had like a wrestlemania wrestling competition in my living room and i i, I like somersault flipped a kid suplex and he hit his he hit his head on the wall and it put a hole in the wall. But we had also been making noise in the house Great. for like forty five minutes. Ha ha! You bad? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you. Oh, I'm the rock. Like all this shit. And when we lived wow. in the townhouse, yeah, so there's people on both sides, a thin wall yeah. in between, yeah. and we're bouncing. I'm we're, I'm using the wall like it's ropes. <laughs> I run up against the wall, boof. Then I act like I bounced off the wall and then run and spear somebody. Crazy. Nuts. So he hits the he hits his head on the wall. 
And again, I don't know why I had this obsession with like leaving the door open and then we like, ha ha, we all run out of the, yeah. we jump out of the frame of the door. <laughs> Your door is always open. Oh, it's always open. There's <laughs> flies and mosquitoes and shit coming in. Oh, oh man. So we all run out of the house doing that. Hoo hoo, And when I jump out, because my friends went first. Yeah. And keep, keep in mind, I, I ran out of the house like it wasn't my right. house. I was like, oh, we broke. <laughs> oh shit, we put a hole in the door. Leave the house. Like somebody has to deal with this, not me. It's me. Door I have open to, and shit. It is right. I. Yeah. So. They jump out, oh, they all jump out, and then I jump out, and when I jump out, my neighbor has a camera, and she's getting every person like in action pose, every kid she got, and she was like, I'm going to fucking show this to the rental yeah. office, not my mom, that's when I was like, oh shit, like it, at, like, yeah. at like nine years old, I knew that was a big deal, what she just said, yeah. like it wasn't like, I'm going to get you in trouble, it was like, I'm going to get your, your mother in trouble. But she never did. Or if she did, it didn't amount to us getting it. She might have. She was very mad. The lady was very mad. <laughs> so I don't, that noise I don't, I don't get the, the feel. I don't get the feeling that she just like got over it. I feel like she might have followed it through and then it didn't lead to us getting evicted. So that's funny, man. But that's just like the, the innocence <laughs> of being a kid, Fran. Speaking of the innocence of being a kid, Fran, uh, over this past week, I just found out about a, 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 a not a new thing, but it's new to me. It's new. To, it's been new to the Internet. Um, are you familiar with Mormons? It's a religion. I a lot, of, lot of them in Utah. Well, um, some, there have been this series of TikToks coming out that have been explaining to the world what soaking is. Soaking. Okay. Soaking. Also floating, as they call it that as well. Not floating like I did uh, about a month and a half ago or whatever. This, Fran. So Mormons aren't allowed to get to have premarital sex. Okay. Like a lot of religions. Yeah. So a loophole that allegedly, oh, a loophole that these kids have found, these young, you know, college kids away living life they, they came up with this thing called soaking where the boy puts his in the girls mop, mop. <laughs> you got you and then you just sit and let it soak wow but then the thing that had people go crazy is first of all they introduced that this week you're like what the fuck is this tiktok talking about then they introduced this new this other thing where it's called like a jumping hump where you do that mm-hmm. and then a friend comes in and jumps on the bed. Wow. And then you're not, you're still you're not, not moving. I'm just here. I'm just here. But the jumping on the bed is making, causing motion. Unbelievable. Which is the craziest threesome I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> I've never heard of it. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard. Wow. But these are the kind of loopholes that religions causes these kids to have to try to do so they're not premaritally breaking any kind of rules. I remember when I was young and young, I mean young like a kid, hearing about in, cath- in like jokes on TV shows would be like Catholicism, um, anal is not, sex like you're not losing your virginity mm-hmm. so i hear about that in tv shows and stuff so i've never but i've never heard of soaking this is a new one for me that's crazy. what are your thoughts on that friend really i don't i mean like <laughs> you're not gonna sit here and tell me that somebody jumping on his bed jumping on the bed is causing you to fully penetrate uh well you're already fully penetrated but I, okay but in motion you're in there you got like in your, you got your pickles in the jar yeah but in motion though a jump somebody jumping is not making you be in motion come on now sure Come on now, so you can the, use that for an excuse, sure. Yeah, I found it to be I found it to be pretty crazy as well. Apparently, it, it became very popular at the University of BYU, which is like a. So I, this is not new. No, it's it's the the rumor has been around for a while, but the TikTok put it like re-viralized it, mm. and uh, I was taken aback by it because you know. Um, people play all those kind of silly games, oh, just a tip, and all that kind of stuff. But this was like a very like. Uh, calculated 
we're going to do this thing together and it's not sex. It's like some kind of cheat code. Like as if you can cheat your morals. Like if that's how you believe, if you're already doing that, then you're like, then just have sex. Might as well. Like if you're already like, well, let's try to find the loophole. This isn't a game. We're not going on, you know, a website to trying to find cheat codes to get all the guns in in Grand Theft Auto. Like either you're morally following the rules of your religion or you're cheating. And that's not the same thing. Like I see all kind of stuff about people like um, like Jewish people on the Sabbath. Like they'll have all these kind of loopholes because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to work. Yeah. But they'll you know you find a way. It's like I'm not gonna fucking pass up on this bread. Yeah. I'm gonna get this money, but I can't touch the money. <laughs> My mm-hmm. friend here who isn't Jewish can complete the transaction, mm-hmm. but I I didn't I didn't take any money. I didn't do any sales on on the Sabbath. So if you're doing that kind of stuff, you're, you're cheating. So just do the shit, man. Live your life, man. Religion is not supposed to be this like thing that is keeping you from living your life. If you're not hurting anybody, I feel like you should be able to do whatever you want. Just don't hurt anybody. That's my feeling on that. But I just thought that was super weird. And then keeping it in the vein of like sex and everything or whatever, mm-hmm. I thought that this was also a funny story. I don't know if there's going to be anything to talk about. I just thought it was hilarious, right? So I told you about Squid Game last week. Yes. Squid Game is quickly taking over the world. It's on pace to be the biggest show in Netflix history. Mm-hmm. It's wow. all warranted. It's a great show. I finished it. Uh, it's this a show or it was a movie? It's a show. Oh. It's like eight episodes, but it's or maybe ten. I didn't like the last episode. I didn't like how it ended, but not in a way that like I just didn't like the thing the character did. But I like the show anyway. Nutter Butter, okay, the Nutter Butter Company, which yeah. you as you know, Fran, I love Nutter Butter. Me too. They're double peanut butter. They're shaped like peanut butter. Fine. Love Nutter Butters. Oh, the name has always been a little flagrant, but I was <laughs> yeah. like, whatever, you it's know. Sus. Yeah, yeah. So it's strange. It's <laughs> Nutter Butter. Yeah, you know, it's delicious though. But they're delicious. Yeah, it's a little sus, like you said, but they are nutty and buttery. Yeah. So hey. So Nutter Butter, they're apparently all of these uh, Twitter accounts have hired like millennials and Gen Z kids over the last five years. So now Wendy is Wendy's Twitter is always funny. Yeah, like they'll they'll be they'll be like subtweeting McDonald's and getting into beefs with other chains. Yeah, what a job. Yeah, man, just coming up with like hilarious content. Yeah, but in tweet like in fast like the way in, in social media form, which yeah. is a very hard funny. So. Nutter Butter puts out a thing where it's like they put out a tweet saying, "All I'm hearing is Squid Game this, Squid Game that. I'm trying to play Nut Game." <laughs> and the <laughs> internet was like, "What did you just say?" However, you thought that sounded when you were writing it up, it's not reading that way. Yeah, it's a very strange thing to write. And then people, you know, Black Twitter got involved, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Man, me after Nut, Nut after the Nut Game." So oh, that's where all the like, memes oh, stuff man, coming from. People with like oh, lotion okay. all over their yeah. face and stuff. It, was, it got crazy. It was getting very weird, man. People yeah. were their interpretation of Nut Game was that's wild. Funny. Yeah. Now I don't think this is going to in- lead to increase in sales of Nutter Butters. It might. It could, but it could. Yeah. I feel like it was a happy accident. What do you think? Do you think they knew like Nut Game sounded crazy? They had to, because I, I haven't had one in a while. Yeah. Kind of. But now I'm thinking about it. All yeah. like, I got Nut on the brain. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, Don't worry I was talking it. about Nutter Butters, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, I was talking about Nutter Butters as well. I have Nutter Butter on the brain. Okay. Should have said that. My bad. Yeah, I didn't mean I didn't clarify. <laughs> I don't have nothing. Anyway. What? Uh, but, uh, so, so my point is, sometimes it, sometimes it works out. This is a happy accident. Yeah. Right? Again, I don't know if the person's a genius or they fucked up, but they're leaning into it and nah, it's like, they damn you think they're a genius? Yeah, yeah. Then they should get a raise. Yeah. But sometimes the people, I remember one time the person who was running the BET account was like, uh, says something like, my girl Nikki is down bad, or something like that, where they said something insulting about Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. from the BET, Nicki Minaj, from the BET uh, Twitter, yeah. and she pulled out of an award show. 
Damn. Where they were just trying to like, That's I'm money. just trying to have engagement. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to have people interested in the BET Twitter account. And they said something that was like, you're fucking fired. Yeah. Why would you say that? So I was concerned when I saw this, I was like, people are relating Nutter Butters to ejaculate. So I don't know if that's really working. But then when I saw that the trend kept, the, the number of people tweeting about Nutter Butters kept going up. Yeah. It, it, I guess it depends on the audience. Whoever receives the, the message. Yeah. If, a, if a, a parent or whatever. Yeah. Like if you get, if you get, like you said, parents or that kind of vein. But if you get, if you can tap into stupid, stupid social media. Yeah. Where people just laugh at the joke. That's genius. Now Nutty Butters everywhere. Yo, yeah. Yeah. People keep retweeting because the main tweet is from the Nutter Butter account. Yeah. So everybody's tweeting above it like, yo, what did you say? <laughs> like, it's been hilarious. So uh, shout out to Nutter Butter for yeah, that's funny. running a hell of a campaign, man. Anyway, Fran, we're going to get into some shout outs before we take a quick break. That's right, folks. It's time for some Patreon shout outs. Uh, Fran, uh, I, I've, been, I've been telling you and keeping you up to date with this, but uh, I started a project that I'm very excited about. I released the first episode. I'm doing this thing in the month of October called Cult-tober. Mm-hmm. Every Friday, I'll be releasing a little expose or like a short insight on some cults that I'm interested in. The first episode was like this very, I was very excited. I got to produce and add songs and sound effects and everything like that. And I think it came out pretty good. And that was rushed. So I'm very excited for the next one. I have some more time to craft it. So for anybody who's not on the Patreon, if you're interested in cults and just some extra content, uh, I'll be doing that every Friday for the month of October. Cult-tober. Join us for the fun. It's not really fun. Sometimes they're interesting, but it's not always, you know, it's very weird and crazy stories about people that do some dark fucking shit, man. So anyway, um, Fran, uh, up first, want to give a shout out to Kate H. Shout out to Kate H. (sighs) <sighs> that looks like a sheep. I really, again, they make these they make these circles so small on Patreon. You can't really tell what the person's picture is if they're doing some abstract shit. I'm seeing black and I'm seeing white and it looks curly. It looks like sheep's wool. So I'm gonna. It doesn't matter. Shout out to KH. Shout out to you. Thank you very much. Up next we got Robin G. Shout out to Robin G. Um, thank you very much for supporting us and joining the Patreon. Much love and appreciation. Up next we got Gretchen H. Shout out to Gretchen. It's one of my favorite names from. Um, what is it, Fran? Uh-huh. What is it? I have no mean idea. Mean Girls. That's, there we go. Shout out, shout out to Gretchen. Uh, you know, uh, everybody is afraid of Gretchen, but also wants to be Gretchen. Up next, we got Valerie. Come on over, Valerie. Shout out to Valerie M. Uh, much love and appreciation. Thank you for the support. We appreciate you. Uh, up next, we got Estelle. Take me to the moon. I'd like to go someday. I don't think, I don't know if that's not her, but it, I don't know. I can't say it's not. That might be the real Estelle. So shout out to Estelle. And uh, thank you for the support. Much love and appreciation. Up next, we got Alyssa P. Shout out to Alyssa P. Much love. Thank you very much. Hope you're having a great fall. First first week of fall is the best week of fall, in my opinion, friend. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just say stuff sometimes. I don't yeah, even know no. what that means. Uh, lastly, we got Alana W. Shout out to Alana W. Uh, you know, the, the real W in your life is you joining our Patreon and getting all this fun extra bonus content. So yep. shout out to you. And, and you're welcome. That was arrogant. I don't like that. I'll take that back. Now you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alana. You're a W. You uh, What? Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, shout out to all those people. Thank you very much for the support. Fran, before we get out of here, yeah. I just want to inform people. Okay. And let them know to check out True Crime Week on Stitcher, where they are kicking off the spookiest month of the year with the creepiest and crawliest true crime podcast. Listen to this podcast, Affirmative Murder, as well as other true crime podcasts like Fruit Loop, Serial Killers of Color, Wine and Crime, as well as other awesome podcasts, all for free on Stitcher. Also, check out their curated homepage to find your next true crime pod obsession. 
If you're on your phone, you can download Stitcher in your app store or go to Stitcher.com. Anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. Stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, Fran, it's my turn to go first. So my affirmative murder this week, I actually got from watching the new HBO Max docuseries. It's like a three-part docuseries called The Way Down. It's about this this evangelical church slash cult, basically. They were like a weight loss church, and it was absolutely insane. So I looked into it some more and really flushed out the story, and here we go. So my affirmative murder this week is the story of Joseph Smith versus the evangelicals. My sources were bustle.com and NBCnews.com. So Christian evangelism is the act of preaching the gospel with the intention of sharing the message and teachings of Jesus Christ, whether they are in their home communities or living out in missionaries in the field. Some Christians, some Christian traditions consider evangelists to be in a leadership position. Today in the United States, conservative evangelical Christians can be found preaching to large crowds in lavish megachurches and swaying legislation all over the country. For the most influential evangelists, their power does not come from superabundant amounts of untaxed money that they have access to, friend. For example, Kenneth Copeland, the world-famous evangelist, is worth over $700 million Damn. and bought a private jet. He got in some trouble for this a couple years ago. Bought a, a private jet because he claimed God does not want him flying with sinners. So that's why I had to buy a fucking G6 jet. That sound like you. Me? Something I mean, you would do. Something I mean, you would say. I don't. What? Yeah. What do you. Don't, man. I can't let you just. I, like you've you been getting say. very spicy lately and just <laughs> slandering me. What do you mean? I would never say something like that. Yeah, you would. Look, I just feel like if you can't go afford ahead. to go, go out to dinner. Just go ahead, dig your own hole. I'm not taking any kind of hole. You are. I'm going to stand on the stance that I firmly believe in okay. and still believe in. Sure. I just think that if you can't afford to go to certain kinds of restaurants, All right. don't accompany people because you want because you have FOMO. Why did you bring that up specifically, though? Well, because that's the only correlation I can make. I don't have G6. I don't have a G6 money. When I fly Southwest, I got to sit next to whoever the hell is next to me. I can't choose that. I would never have. I would never buy a private plane. But if you did have a private plane, you, that's what you would say. That's what I would say. Like, oh, I don't want to rub elbows with sinners. <laughs> yeah. No. Peasants. Call people peasants. Oh, come on, man. That's Don't, don't, don't make me out to be that guy. No, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not that guy, pal. I'm not that guy. Okay? Don't do that. <clears throat> so basically, friend, um, while having that kind of fuck you money is a massive perk, and I mean massive. Yeah. Evangelist real power comes from their influence. Like all cults, right? Yeah, but we're talking about church. Oh, yeah. We don't use the C word, but so eh, is that. But okay, it, <laughs> we don't use the C word. We use the church. See that we Got use it. that C word, but eh, it's not 
uh, but is it? It's not a cult, but it's a cult. It's not a cult, but uh. their real power comes from their influence, influence over families, communities, political Mm -hmm. figures, Mm -hmm. wielding the desire for salvation like some twisted gold star that only they can dish out to people. Yeah. And that's the thing that I have. I don't have a, I, I think religion is great. I'm a spiritual person, but I don't like what man has done to religion where it's like, you have to come to me to get salvation. I'm the gateway through it. And also, I just need you to give me your check, pay me some money. And then there'll be mansions, all that shit they say. Mansions in the sky. Everybody has mansions. It was like, but I'd, I'd love a mansion here. You have a mansion. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I'm one of the chosen few. I get to have a mansion. Your mansion comes in the sky. That's where your mansion will look very much like my mansion and my Rolls Royce that I have outside. You have that too. Yeah. But you gotta gotta get into heaven. But the only way you can get into heaven is through me. So collection plate, send the collection plate around. Thank you. <laughs> that corner over there, they didn't put the money in the collection plate. Thank you very much. So, but in the sky, that's where your mansion will come to you as well. Oh, I just don't like. I don't like, you know, the way that some people preach their word. It's very, it's manipulative and conniving. Anyway, so when it comes to religion, faith and reason are diametrically opposed. The former tends to cancel out the latter and vice versa. In the case of the Smith family, their faith, or at least the person that they place their faith in, remnant church leader Gwen Shamblin Lara, led them down a dark and evil path. Former members of the remnant alleged that they were encouraged to discipline their children with violence, spanking or beating them until they were totally obedient. Gwen Shamblin denies these claims. She's quoted as saying, the way you show God that you are answering to him is through obeying your mother and your father on the first time. If you do it on the second or third time or you are slow to obey, you are being your own God. And, and nobody playing around like that can ever go to heaven. This is what Shamlin can be heard saying in an audio clip that was featured in the docuseries The Way Down. If you do not obey mommy and daddy the first time, you will be taken out and you will be very, very sorry. Laura Boone, who worked as a babysitter for members of the church as a teenager, recalls witnessing these practices firsthand while at the Remnant on Easter weekend in 2003. There, she says she saw eight-year-old Joseph Smith crying in a corner. When she asked his father, Joseph Sr., if he knew any ways that would calm the boy down, she says he responded that Boone should just hit him hard. Mm. Unwilling to do so, Boone claims Joseph then took his son into a locked room and beat him while other members of the church stood by. Months later, in 2003, Joseph died. Laura had not been back to the remnant since the incident on Easter weekend, but saw the news on a pro- saw a news program covering the story and immediately called the authorities. The Cobb County med- medical examiner concluded that Joseph died from blows to the head. A lot of the people on the scene said it was one of the worst things that they'd ever seen. They said that he basically had bruises all over his body except the palms of his hands and the bottom of his feet. Wow. A police witness said Joseph Smith's father acknowledged hitting the boy four or five times and told officers that his son frequently needed discipline because the child carved death threats on the walls and claimed to be a soldier of the devil, which I doubt an eight-year-old has ever said ever (laughs) except like in The Omen or something. The boy's parents told authority that Joseph passed out and never regained consciousness after the family gathered gathered in the kitchen to participate in a prayer session in their church via the Internet. What the couple omitted from the authorities at the time, but later came out, 
was that little Joseph had been placed in a small wicker box as punishment for being disruptive. But the boy kept popping his head out, possibly because he couldn't breathe, possibly because he was having emotional problems for being tortured. Yeah. But he kept popping his head out of the box. So the parents uncomfortable. Yes. It's a small wicker basket, man. So the parents slammed the lid down on the child's head on the child's skull Mm. and tied a bungee cord around the box to seal the boy inside. After which they proceeded with attending online church service. He left him in there. Left him in there and went in the kitchen and was like, hello, God. Welcome. Oh, man. Praise him. After the service was over, Joseph and his wife, Sonia, returned to the box to find it utterly silent. When they opened the box, Joseph lay unresponsive inside and the authorities were called out to the apartment. There were already plenty of flashing signs pointed towards foul play at the parents, Fran. But one of the most disturbing ones was that this wasn't the first time authorities had come out to retrieve a dead body from that very apartment. Just 11 weeks prior, their other child, 17-month-old Malik, was concluded to have died of SIDS in July of 2003. But Detective David Schweizer remains dubious of the claim and says he wished he had done that he had dug deeper. So 11 weeks prior to the death of Joseph, it's just a tragedy. But then when you're an EMT or a detective and you're back at the same apartment 11 weeks later for another dead child, you start going like, this is a... The guy, the, the dose, uh, David Schweizer, in the, he's in the docuseries as well. He goes, it's weird to come back to an apartment twice for a homicide or a death in general. Right. But 11 weeks apart is a, ma- a massive red yeah, flag. That's less than it. I mean, that's not even, it's crazy. Yes. That's like three months, you know. The Smiths were immediately backed by Gwen and the Remnant Church. Their lawyer, was, their lawyer was paid for, and a campaign was started which accused the authorities of tampering with conversations Beth and Sonia had, where Beth praised Sonia for beating her child while preaching to her other following, holding Sonia up as some shining example of Great. what God wants Christians' families to be. Yeah, so she'd be like, everybody, Sonia, there's, t- there's audio of it where Sonia's like, so I beat my child uh, uh, in the back of the legs, like you said, and his whole demeanor changed. And she's like, yes, Sonia, great job. Everybody listening, this is what you do. You have to be the leader of your house. God wants the child to follow you obediently. And you need to be like Sonia. Like that's how she's, she's like, see, beat your kids. That's awesome. She's, she's holding her up this way. Her, none of her intention on helping in this case was for Sonia. It was to get her out of the limelight as much as possible and to separate that they did this because the church told them to. Right. So they got right on this and it's like, the best case for this is they are found not guilty because I don't think we can prove that they, they are clearly members here. Mm-hmm. And so it does look like we influenced them to beat their kids. So if we can, tr- if we can find them not guilty, or we, if we can help them be found not guilty, then it goes away for us too. Mm-hmm. So that's the only investment they had in Sonia and Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like, oh, our family, our churches, we have to protect our own. It was like, no. I'm wrapped up in this. Yeah, I'm wrapped up in this and we need to make this go away because it's going to fall back on me in some kind of way. None of this was out of love Mm -hmm. for Joseph and Sonia Smith at all. Mm -hmm. There's even a website still up to this day, Fran, which lays out the entire conspiracy against the Smiths. How Joseph actually died from from a fast acting infection and septic shock. How the Smiths were simply victims of media spin and frenzy. And how the remnant church, nor Gwen Shamblin Lara, would ever advocate for child abuse and any accusation coming their way are from ex members who are simply harboring some sort of resentment for not being able to meet the standards of the church. This website's still up. It's like the Smiths are innocent. Yes. Like the Smiths are innocent. They were railroaded and 
the media spin and the uh, the detectives altered the tapes to make it sound like Beth was saying a one thing when she wasn't. It, it just there's like a website from 03 or whatever this happened. 08? No, it, it it was updated in 2021. Oh shit! Yeah, it's an updated website. So I actually wanted to play a clip from Kenan Smith, Joseph Smith's brother, who was also a member of the church. It's jo- it's Kenan Smith as well as another young girl who was also a member of the church, and just them talking about their experience, their long term effects from being a part of this church. And uh, it's pretty harrowing, man. So I'm going to play that. Kids are an investment to go in. They are the best investment for her financially, but the worst for anybody going into that situation. That church didn't lead me in the dang right direction. That church was leading me to go hang myself in my own closet, fam. Nobody comprehends what mental abuse does to people. It don't matter color, skin, whoever you are. Depression is real. A few of the youth that I grew up with, they committed suicide. And um, I could very much relate to that. I could very much relate to that. I definitely was going through a, a really deep depression while I was in Remnant. And I just don't think I should, I should have been 12, 13, you know, in a deep depression. You know, those are, I'm in middle school. Jake Gallardo, that was my best friend. He overdosed. You think about how he passed away. They don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. what he overdosed on. It's just the fact that he overdosed. When you overdose, you're trying to kill some pain that's been done to you too intense. Or you just want to feel how to get the fuck away from what the fuck is going on in your life. That's a problem. And he couldn't talk to nobody. Who are you going to talk to? So one of the most powerful, I mean, all of that was incredibly powerful. But one of the most powerful things Keenan said there was he didn't have anybody to talk to. Who was he going to talk to? Your, the decisions that you make in your day-to-day life, you have to look for approval from the church. So if you're going through depression as a kid, you don't want to go to this church anymore, any of that shit, who do you tell that to? Your family who's like incredibly invested, the church people who are incredibly invested in you still coming to the church, who do you tell like, hey man, listen, this is really causing a mental strain on my life and the physical abuse and the mental abuse is a lot and I have thoughts of suicide. And so like, who do you tell that to? So their families were going to the church as well. Everybody, yeah, mm-hmm. the whole Smith family was going to church. All the kids. There's other the young lady who was speaking was from a different family. Her family went to the church. And the the, the boy that the boy that committed those, suicide. Yeah. Yes, they are all like you know the youth of the church, mm-hmm. the church youth. It's a very good point he brought up. It's like yeah, I have all these pr- feelings, but who do I tell them to? Because everybody around me is like, no, this is awesome. This is like salvation for us. And you're thinking like this is going to make me end my life. Yeah. But who do you tell that to? Everybody's, it's, it's like Pleasantville. Everybody's happy and, oh, Jesus, we love it. And we're going on peace retreat, retreats and Bible study and you're miserable. Yeah. You can see the anger and yeah. these voice. Resentment. And yeah. the thing that makes me the most upset is that, like, these type of situations happen, maybe not on this massive scale, kids die or whatever, but church so often ruins religion for people. Like, makes them have a resentment against God. Yeah. Because of what the people but are doing. Don't go to church feel that way. Yes. Because of what, because of what people are doing with religion, it turns somebody against their faith. Where they just go like, hey, "I just stop." Like, like the idea. But it's that, not even just that, though. It's not even just people that actually that turn against their faith. Like, it turns you off from even exploring. Yeah, because you go, you know, or you can look at it. But that's how it is for me personally. I look at it and go like, "What is? What do? What should I believe? I don't know what to believe if it's if it's different kinds of." People mm-hmm. worshiping the same thing, yeah, in different ways, especially this evil way. Yeah, it's like I'm not even. How are you know. all worship? How are you all under the same umbrella? Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a it's a real problem. I couldn't imagine what it's like to be a person 
Oh, um, there's a show called Queer Eye on Netflix. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. And there's a guy on there named Bobby. He's one of my favorite characters. He's like the most subdued and chill guy. And he grew up in middle America, church boy, and loved church and all that. And as soon as he came out, everybody turned their back on him. And so he's been dealing and battling with this resentment in this thing that was such a big part of his life. And then as soon as he came out and was who he his he, who he's always been in his heart, they were like, "Oh, you're an abomination. So you can't come in here anymore." How do you wrestle? How do you wrestle with that? You you are you love God. You love church. You love hearing the the choir. Bobby's white, but like I'm sure his church had a little okay choir. Yeah. It's nothing like black church. I'm no, gonna say that. No, like no, no, no. that's not even a question. I don't even think nothing. Yeah. You watch this dry ass documentary. The documentary is entertaining, but I'm like, this is the late the lady who Gwen. Oh, okay, it's dry. All of them, Joel Osteen, all of them, it's dry. <laughs> They're just like, man, isn't God great? And then they make a billion dollars that day. Whereas you go to fucking black church, some church is barely making money. You know, I'm not gonna say that. They, you know, they make, you know, they making some money. But they're not making Joel Osteen money. And they're sweating and the choir's going crazy and yeah. they got a drummer Music, in there. Yo, and it, oh, it's yeah. insane. Organ. Yeah, and I'm you like get some chicken afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> Just say some soul food or something like that, man. You can't say that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. So, <laughs> oh god! My point is, <laughs> my point is, is that this, like, I don't think you're getting your bang for your buck at a lot of these types of churches. Yeah, because it's nothing like going to a black church, yeah. right? But my, but anyway, back to the story because I, I, <laughs> I lost where I was even going. So ultimately, Sonia and Joseph Smith were sentenced to life in prison plus thirty years in March of two thousand seven for Joseph's death. Remnant church leadership funded their legal defense and have continued to insist that the Smiths are innocent. In 2009, the church tried to appeal for a new trial, but the request was denied. The couple remains in prison to this day. In May of this year, Gwen Shamblin Laura, alongside several church members, died in a plane crash. Oh, shit. The plane was piloted by her husband, Joe Laura. The husband was flying like, let's go. We're going to go from D.C., to New York, a little two-hour flight. Yeah, but but it's fun. We get to fly. The, that's like, like rich, it's rich people shit. Yeah, but it's like what I get. It's caught like thirty up, minutes, but it's rich people yeah, shit. Yeah, but what I get caught up in, just like go in a circle for yeah, no like reason. <laughs> oh look, go really high, make the make us float in the plane. Yeah, that's rich people what shit. I get caught up is especially when I hear stuff like this. I go, I think that the people that's orchestrating the whole thing actually mm-hmm. believe. No, I mean I can't say I can't say for sure. Obviously, yeah. You know? But the idea that you could, with a straight face, Kenneth Copeland, I said, I brought him up earlier. So you can say with a straight face when you're, when you're cornered by journalists that say, hey, listen, so everybody's, there's, people are struggling. There's poor people that come to your church and you just bought a, a $30 million plane. Why'd you do that? Well, you know, just because God spoke to me and said, you know, I don't want you flying with sinners. That's clear manipulation of the thing. But I think at do. some point they actually start believing it, though. That's possible, but that's two different. That's two different conversations. Okay, you're still like now take me to the Ferrari dealership. Yeah, because I need to get a Ferrari. Even if you believe that, if you really believed it, you would do like people did a thousand years ago and had no shoes and just preached in the fucking outside, and there was no money involved. So now it's become this whole thing. It's, it's like a business. So it's a whole. It's a service. It's a, 
Yeah, but that's I don't like that word. I understand that it is a service, but the idea that like it's it like going to a barbershop. Should, no, like no, I'm providing be, I'm providing you with salvation. Like that's be. not his that's not his ability to do that. Right. But it shouldn't be, but or it their, is their but ability. It is. It is, but it is though. It shouldn't be like you should it should, you should be, be yeah, categorized. You should be able to, read, a, the, you should be able to right. read the book and get the word on your own. Yeah. But people feel because of the way that society's been built is that there's a special person that can give that to you. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. Yeah. But that doesn't make it not a trillion dollar industry that doesn't get taxed. That's crazy. That is wild. Tax free. <sighs> tax free? Tax free. Man. So like I said, they're still in prison today. Um, in May of this year, Gwen and, her, and, and several of her high ranking members of her church and her husband died in the plane crash. The plane was piloted by her husband. And according to the Federal Aviation Administration website, no one on that plane flight was qualified to fly the plane. I was plane. about to say none of them had a license. Well, oh, here we go. Joe Lara, her husband, had a pilot's less had a pilot's license, but had not updated his medical certification since 2017. So it had been a few years, and had the, and I don't know how hard it is to get your your pilot license. You know what I'm saying? Where mm. he might not be the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's like that's the scary part to me. That's why I not I, I don't think about it when I'm on planes. And I'm, think about what? Like, just like there's there's great doctors and there's bad doctors, like Doctor Death. Yeah. There's better pilots than other pilots. Oh yeah. Not all the pilots are like. We might not get the best. This might not be the best pilot today. I think about all of that. <laughs> all of it. None. None. It's like did he get out of pilot school? He got out of pilot. He got out of pilot school on on a C average. Yeah. I don't want that pilot. Don't tell me that. I want to just assume my pilot. It's the it, best. got all it's the A's the and he yeah he he chose not to go into the. It's Air Force. two of them up there for a reason. There you go. <laughs> you gotta keep the other one in check. Yes. So I like to. I don't like to think about that, but like not every pilot got through with flying colors and is a, a pilot genius. Yep. Some of them like barely made it. Yeah. That's scary. That's scary. I try not to think about it, but ever since I l- listened to the Dr. Death podcast, I'm like, damn, I never thought about you can just barely pass medical school yeah. and then still get to go be a doctor. Like that thing where like, I remember in school in certain grades, like if I wasn't having a good year, it would be like, I got to get a C in this class. <laughs> I got to get a C on this test to pass the class. Yeah. There's people that got out of medical school like that. Like that last test, if I didn't get a B on that, I would have failed medical school. Crazy. And then that person's like, hello, so you uh, broke your knee, huh? Yeah. Let's get you open. Just get cut you open and get to see what's going on in there. The part was that fucking guy that told me uh, my child had uh, the flu and didn't have the flu. Oh. Well, that's all. <laughs> that was him. Good. One of them. <laughs> Still mad about I me? Mean, at least yeah. it was just the flu. He didn't tell you yeah. anything like too serious. Gave your kid a little bit too much extra, yeah, but you don't give Tylenol PM. Yeah, you got you prescribe medication for oh. for this that they don't have. Well, how do you know that they didn't have the flu? Because we went to another doctor. Oh, okay. I got a second opinion. <laughs> yeah, smart man. I got a second opinion. That's smart man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. Shawty got the goddamn flu. <laughs> got my kid all dozing off right. off all this. Look, I ain't come back up there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joe Laura did not have an updated pilot license, and then Brandon Hanna, who was another member of the church. Mm-hmm was also on the plane and he had a pilot license, but it was, he did not have certification to fly the Cessna 500 series, according to the FAA database, which he wasn't flying anyway. But the point is like, there were a couple people on their plane who had flown before, but neither of them were legally allowed to be, it was like, they both, it was basically like one of them had a suspended license and the other one didn't have a CDLs. He just so, could drive a car. He could just drive a certain type yeah. of plane. Did it say how it went down or did it have anything to do with? They don't know that. Oh, okay. Like, or if they do, I wasn't able to find, like, malfunction. Yeah, yeah. They tried to do some slick shit and couldn't. My guess, he seven people on a plane, they probably, I feel like he might have been trying to, you know, 
He do a barrel. Let me do a barrel roll. He did auto, turn the autopilot on or some shit. Forgot. Something like that. I don't. I don't know buttons on planes. Is that a button? I think you just turn it on, right? I don't fucking. know. <laughs> you said it very confidently. I'm. Yeah, maybe <laughs> they have auto, like you hit autopilot like a, you button. button and yeah, like just, cruise control. Yeah, that. Yeah, they probably have cruise control plane button. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> but I feel like he might have tried to be like, oh look, loop de loop. I don't think so. Not in the plane. What? That'd be. That's insane. People people try to do slick shit in planes. And like a commercial plane. No, it's not a commercial plane. It's like a personal plane. It's not like a seven fifty seven. So it's a it's like a little plane with like two two little propellers on the wings and stuff. You know, one of those kind of planes, like a like a small plane. But you gonna you gonna feel like two people in those? It was seven people in the plane. It wasn't two people. That's what I'm saying. Though it had to be a bigger plane. That was it was a, a big jet. Did you see oh, a plane driving? There's there's a no. It doesn't just go from like two person plane or thirty person plane. Like there's a little in but there's in betweens. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's yeah. like a plane with like Some a couple things, of rows of seats, they, but like little, only like two rows. Yeah, of seats. Those, those planes a little rocky though. Uh, clearly it fell into the ocean. So, oh shit, maybe yeah. it's ran out of uh, fuel. Possibly, they had too much dip on the chip. Is the moral of the story? Yeah. Whatever they were doing, I like to. How about you only focus on letting somebody that knows how to fly a plane? All the, that's like their main job. I don't want a casual. He was in the ocean. What was that fuck? Was they going? I had a friend in. I had a friend in high school who had a friend who flew planes, mm-hmm. and she would go up in the. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? What do you mean? Like he was also like nineteen, twenty years old. And like and had an interest in I don't know what they call it like an aviophile like he liked flying planes he, he didn't license. own any planes but he has a pilot's license oh you could just get you can just get on yeah you, you can just fly a plane just you just you got to map out and tell them where you're flying and all that kind yeah. of stuff but he'd be like you want to go up for a you want to go for a fly yeah never in my fucking life man no I'm sitting next to some hipster kid that's like 23 years old like flying a plane yeah we're listening to fucking Vampire Weekend and shit fuck that I want my pilot to be silver haired have the glasses on and he just like give you like a thumbs up he's like it's gonna be smooth sailing today. I don't want some dude that's like, yeah, so it's like 30 knots of wind. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be <laughs> fucking lit. It's going to be lit. Yeah, any pi- yeah I don't, Whoa, none what? of that. Excuse- <laughs> and, and you're in the air. He tells you that. He's like, bro, can I, hey, bro, can I be 100 with you for a second? Fucking rolling, bro. Yeah. I'm, fucking, I'm like, I'm if fucking. we land this, I'll, I'm, I'm beating <laughs> I'm fucking your Fucking you up. <laughs> fucking rolling, bro. I did like, I did like five hits of acid. Like I'm fucking tripping oh my, my God, balls man. off. I'll be so terrified. This plane isn't even a plane right now. We're in a dragon. I'd be like, bro, what? are you crazy? <laughs> I'm in the we're we're twenty thousand feet high right now. Yeah, tell me some shit like oh, that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Um, but yeah, no. So that was the story of Joseph Smith. Tragically, That's crazy, man. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Joseph and Sonia Smith were were never abusive to their kids and then the church manipu- manipulated them into thinking that's how you had to be as a parent. Yeah, I I don't want to go that far, but the church definitely rewarded and 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 like you know. Gave them praise for their behavior, which definitely didn't help, and yeah. told them this was the way that God wanted them to be. Yeah, and it led to one of their child, one of their children being definitely killed, and another child eleven weeks earlier died of mysterious causes, and nobody investigated it at the time. Yeah, so we'll never know if that was also something that possibly could have happened. So two questions: um, oh. What happened to the case since they they passed away? What happened? Oh, all the cases stopped, and the church went to her daughter. So have you have you like tried looking up the church at all? The church is still in stand. I mean, the, it's docu- still there? the documentary. She died this year. Oh. The church is still up and running and everything. Oh shit! Even after this docu- I mean, document, document the docu series just came out. Yeah, but there's still ch- the church is still active. I'm sure she's not like we're going to do things differently now. I would think so. Why? Because now this is out. I mean, I don't know. They, they don't. Even, they're still defending the Smiths. Oh yeah, you just they're still that. saying that they didn't do anything yeah, wrong. Saying, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy if they still, like, that's why. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So that was the story of Joseph Smith. Rest in peace to him. 
what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we come back it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit stick around Welcome back. It's my turn to go. My affirmative murder this week is about Laquanta Riley, who was missing, who went missing in Alabama. Um, no traces of her um, have been found. She's still missing. I got this story from Medium.com, and the writer of this article, name is her name is Jen Baxter. Okay. So Laquanta Riley was a friendly teenager with a bubbly personality, personality, and a lot of friends. Although she had been living with a friend in Alabama for a few months. She decided to move back home to her great aunt's house in Montgomery after Thanksgiving in 2003. She was preparing to go to college and get a degree in criminal justice. Mm. She was hoping for a career in law enforcement or forensic science. And that and that's that's just crazy for such a co- like that and yeah. then and then you end up a, you end up a story or yeah. a victim of that's, something that's, that's so sad, yeah. So on on the evening of December 7th, 7th 2003, LaQuanta decided to go out with a friend. Her friend picked her up at her aunt's house around 11.30 p.m., then drove her to her mother's home three miles away so she could grab a warmer coat. Mm. Her brother met her at the door. When she got there, the two chatted briefly while she picked out a jacket. Noticing the car sitting outside, her brother asked, who was she with? LaQuanta told him it was a friend she met in the neighborhood, then breezed out the door. Within seconds, she was gone. It was the last time anyone in her family would see LaQuanta. Mm. LaQuanta's mother, Pam Riley, had been just 16 years old when LaQuanta was born. So Pam's aunt, Katie, had taken responsibility for raising the child. When LaQuanta decided she wanted to move back to Montgomery, her great aunt had been more than happy to welcome her back into her house. She did, however have one rule that both LaQuanta and her cousin Stacy had to follow while living under her roof. They were not to bring any men into the house. Mm. Katie was visiting relatives in Georgia during the first week in December, but she had spoken to LaQuanta on the phone several times. She spoke with her for the last time on the afternoon of December 7th. LaQuanta had been arguing, arguing with her uncle and called her great aunt to tell her about it. Although, she reassured so like her aunt's hus- her aunt's husband or you said great uncle. Uh, no, arguing with her uncle. Her uncle. So yeah, her, um, no, no, but it could just be her aunt's brother. No, it was her. It was her great aunt that she was staying with. But was it her great uncle? No. Okay. It just said. It just said. So uncle. probably her her aunt's brother. No, great because she's great and that's just her uncle. I don't know. So your great if your, your great great, your great aunt is your aunt's uh, is your, aunt's aunt is your mother's aunt right. So just your uncle is like your uncle is your is your is your mom or dad's brother, right? Was, yeah. But so great aunt, what's the uncle to the great aunt in relation? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I don't know. Because that's your mother's brother, yeah. And then you have a step above, so mm-hmm. that person is your your great aunt. That's your mother's aunt. So to your uncle, that's his aunt too. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah, well, so I'll get that. Um, I'm sorry, my brain just. Sometimes I just need to connect something or I can't move on. From oh, yeah, me too. I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah. yeah. So LaQuanta had been arguing with her uncle and called her great aunt to tell her about it. Though she reassured that there was nothing to worry about. Apparently, LaQuanta had wanted to have a male friend over, but her uncle had reminded her of the no men in the house rule. And the two had then gotten to a verbal agreement. I mean, verbal argument about it. 
Laquanta eventually conceded, and Katie didn't get the impression that there was any lingering animosity between the two of them. Mm. Since Laquanta was living at Katie's house, Pam was not immediately aware that her daughter had not returned. Um, that her daughter had not returned from from her night out. So her mom didn't know. But her mom, by her not living with her mom, her mom didn't know what time if she was to return home. She right. didn't know what time she would be home. So did they go out though? Like, did they have a night out? She went out. She went out with the the guy, whoever brought her to her mom's house to get the right. Jacket. But I was just wondering, like, did they then go to a club? If they ever made it to somewhere where people saw them, like, have a night. If you don't have the answer, that's fine. I just was wondering, like, it, when you said that was the last time they ever saw them, was that the, was that the last time anybody ever saw her? Or did they? Did she go out? Like, I think they went. They went out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So. Yeah, Pam started to grow. Um, so after a couple of days without hearing from her, however, mm-hmm. Pam started to grow concerned. Her cousin Stacy hadn't seen her since she left on the evening of December 7th, and she hadn't gotten in touch with her great aunt or, or uncle. So LaQuanta's brother had seen her immediately prior to her disappearance. He was also the only family member to see the person who drove off with LaQuanta. Because he gave her the coat. Yeah, because he met our friend. Yeah. He, he told them that LaQuanta had gotten into a green four-door car, possibly a Caprice or a Taurus, around 11.40 p.m. that night. He hadn't recognized the driver of the car. Well, it was dark, so it would be hard for him to see inside the vehicle. Yeah. And LaQuanta had not mentioned the man's name. All she said was that he was a neighborhood friend. It wasn't much to go on, but it was a start. Pam called the Montgomery Police Department and reported her daughter missing but law enforcement did little to locate her in the days that followed. LaQuanta was legally an adult and free to go wherever she pleased without checking in with her family. Since there, since there was no signs of foul play, police were reluctant to get involved. Katie returned from Georgia later that week. She had been praying that LaQuanta would be there to greet her when she got back, but her whereabouts remained unknown. Despite what police believed, her family was convinced that something was desperately wrong and they launched their own search for the missing teenager. They called all her friends and hung up and hung up missing uh, posters all over Montgomery. They combed their neighborhood looking for any sign of her, but she had seemingly vanished into thin air. So again, um, they tried to get help from law enforcement, Yeah, but by her being an adult, they're mm-hmm. like, you know, we can't start it. We just can't do a massive search. Right. We can't do a massive search because they. Because she not, could just be on a road trip. Right. She's, right. She's, she can go. She can go anywhere she please. She don't mm-hmm. have to check in with her family. Yeah. But it sucks that um, that the family has to go. Hey. Um, what is the term for that? What? Like a missing adult. That's not an Amber Alert, right? Like I mean, it must be like a different term. Yeah. But but um. But yeah, sorry. It's hard. To, it's 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 upsetting to hear that when people got to go or family members got to go. Hey. You know, Laquanta's missing. You know, would you want to come out and help look or something? Right, like that? and like, like you gotta, you gotta on your own time. You gotta gather all these people to come out. Some people may show up. Some people may not show up. Right. To to do this because they might even also be like, well, you know, she disappeared sometimes. She lived in this part of Alabama. She, yeah. You know, whatever. Yep. She might not like your rule. She's grown. Yeah. Yes. Miss getting people to be care about a missing adult is probably pretty hard. Yeah. Did see. you find a term yet? No. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. There was nothing to suggest that LaQuanta had disappeared voluntarily. She left all her belongings behind. She didn't even take her purse with her. She had already been making plans to celebrate Christmas with her family and had even started doing some shopping. She had already purchased a new outfit to wear for the holiday dinner. 
a new pair of blue jeans and brown and white top with a pretty swirl design. They were in her closet with the price tag still attached. LaQuanta was close to her family and always kept in touch with them no matter where she was living. It was completely out of her character for her to go more than a few days without talking to neither to either her mother or her great aunt. For her to just leave and not take anything, it's just, it raised some suspicion. So Pam had already endured um, the loss of one child. Mm. Her youngest daughter died at age nine after a, a lengthy illness. Mm. And she knew that LaQuanta would willingly put her through anything like that again. In her heart, she was sure that someone had harmed her oldest child. And she was frustrated by the fact that police weren't, weren't doing anything to find her. So two weeks after LaQuanta went missing, Pam returned home one afternoon to a disturbing message on her answer machine. Although the call was somewhat garbled, um, she was convinced it was from her daughter. A female voice could be heard saying either leave me, leave me alone or let me go home. Mm. A male voice in the background said LaQuanta's name and then the call disconnected. Pam was frantic. It was appeared that LaQuanta was being held somewhere against her will. And this is the voicemail that she's had and could show the authorities? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So Pam immediately notified the police of this new development in the case, and two detectives were sent to her home. They made a copy of the upsetting message, but were unable to determine where the call had come from. Now that it appeared foul play was a real possibility in the case, they launched an investigation into LaQuanta's disappearance. And it's called a clear alert. It's called a clear alert. When you're looking, when you send out one of those alerts, like an amber alert, mm -hmm. a clear alert is for adults. Oh, wow. I wonder why they call it that. I don't know. They don't say? I don't know why they call it an amber alert. I thought it was named it to somebody. Oh, I'm going clear. I'm thinking color. It's not silver. Clear. Silver's car, right? No, uh, silver notifies the public that when an elderly oh. person. What's, what's the car then? I don't, I don't know if there's one. A car has been stolen? I don't know if there is one for that. It's a stolen <laughs> car. I was like an alert for that. When a camo for... alert is, informs the public that a current former member of the United States Armed Forces or National Guard or Reserve with mental, with mental illness is missing. That's very specific. And a blue alert uh, makes the community aware of a criminal wanted by law enforcement who has killed or seriously wounded a local, state, or federal law enforcement officer. Oh, shit. Like blue, blue, you know, the blue badge or whatever. But no, there's no like... A car is missing. You know, I don't think there's a car one. But mm. clear is, I think it's. I think it denotes colors. I think they're all about colors. I don't think Amber's like a person. I don't think anyway. Okay, so LaQuanta's information was entered into the National Crime Inf uh, Information Center computer, and detectives contacted area hospitals and jails to see if perhaps LaQuanta had become ill or gotten into trouble. They also checked with the county morgue to see if they had any bodies matching LaQuanta's description. Mm. Since she, had, since she had left her purse and all identification behind, they feared that she might have been entered into the system as a Jane Doe, but that didn't appear to be the case. Now, now what do you say? What do you mean by you say it was strange that she left, you know, her All of her belongings behind? I mean, like she, but she, I mean, I don't think that's strange. She went out. I think maybe she just left it on You purpose. need your ID to go out. Can't get to a bar without your license. But they was already out, though. You know what I mean? They was already out. She went to go pick up her jacket and they went oh, out okay. from I see, there. What, I see what you're saying. But like, do we, we don't have any way of knowing. So she never, they're saying like she never went back to her place. Because I mean like right. she could have took her purse like. back yeah. home. I just think, I mean, I mean to my knowledge, unless, how old was she? She was an adult, right? She was, yeah. Was she over 21? I don't think, um, I don't think so. If she wasn't over 21, she could have gone out with a fake ID. And so she wouldn't have needed her actual like license. 
So that's a possibility. Yeah, it's true. If we're saying it's not weird that she left her stuff at home, which I think it is, but if we're saying if you're saying I don't think that's weird, then I can go, okay, well, if she's not 21 and she left her license and all of her identification at home, she might have had a fake ID that she uses to go out. True. And then she just needs to bring that. True. So that's possible. So yeah, I guess it I could see a way why where where it's not weird that all her identifications at home. Yeah. But like it is weird. It's still weird. Yeah. But if you think of that scenario, then it's not. Because I've done that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you never had a fake license? No. Oh. No. I didn't I didn't I didn't party as much as you did. You party way more than I did. That's not you you went to you went to you went to I'll say I'll say this. You went to a lot of bars that we weren't able to get in yeah. at the age more than I did. Oh fair. Fair. <laughs> <Not> fair. <laughs> so detectives canvassed the neighborhood, talking with LaQuanta's friends and visiting the places she was known to frequent. No one who spoke with investigators had seen LaQuanta, but there were many people who simply refused to talk, whether this was because they had knowledge about her disappearance or were simply mis- mistrustful of cops um, was unclear. But detectives noted that it was a huge uh, hindrance hindrance to their investigation. It's, it's crazy to hear that some people go, yeah, I don't know. They just didn't want to talk to the police at all. Yeah. That happens every day. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just, even if they don't even know anything, they're like, ah. I don't talk to the police. I don't talk to, I don't talk to y'all. Yeah. Just quit the fuck out my step. Damn. Man. I saw one of, one of the, it was a quick video, but it was funny. It was uh, it was a dude, he was like shitting on police on video. Like they were trying to break up a, a like a street race or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's, fuck you, fucking pig, whatever. And the, and the, <laughs> the cop goes, I want to thank you very much for the information you gave us last week. He was like, I didn't give you shit. He was like, oh, are you recording? My bad. Sorry. Um, That's funny. Every, it, was, That's it, was, funny. it was It was. like, he might have caused some problems for the That's people. Funny. He was in a car with some people. Like, what the fuck does he mean? It was It was funny. That was funny. It was a funny. That's funny. That was funny. He said it real quick, too. I just want to thank you for the information you gave us last week. I didn't give you I didn't give you shit. Oh, are you recording? Oh, my, sorry. My bad. Folks, get out of the street, please. He just moved on with his day. Just went I by like that one. That was, that, was <laughs> that was funny. It was funny. Uh, so the investigation had... Had also been plagued by rumors. LaQuanta's family received several phone calls from people, pl- sorry, people claiming that the team, that the missing team was being held somewhere against her will. These people always come out of the woodworks yeah. every single time, bro. I'm a psychic. I want to know what's the I'm point a- of it, though. Oh, you're talking about like psychics. Uh, that's like, definitely who. That's all, that's I mean, it's probably not all psychics. Probably oh. just other people who said like, I saw a girl that looks like LaQuanta somewhere. Yeah. But there's some psychics mixed, sprinkled in there for sure. Oh, I'll be wilding them out, man. But the, but the thing that makes me so sick is that you have, you have to, to you gotta follow up on it yeah. and make sure that you scratch it off the list. So a prison inmate claimed that LaQuanta had been killed and her body was then thrown in the 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 Cooters Pond in Prattville, Alabama. Later, the inmate claimed that he had witnessed her body being buried, but he couldn't remember where. Eventually, he admitted that he had only been toying with detectives and had no real knowledge about LaQuanta's. What was the point? I mean, is prison that boring that you would be you so just, evil? That's crazy. You know man. what I mean? Just watch a show or something, man. That's crazy. It can't be that boring. Take a vocation. Learn a skill. He's like, I'm going to take him on a wild goose chase about this dead girl. Be hilarious. That's gross. Man. Who are you telling that to? Who are you getting the? Because I would think they would fuck you up. Like you tell another inmate like, yo, yeah, you know, that girl is dead. I'm telling them I know where she is. I don't know shit. They'd be like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. That's not funny. Also, don't tell. We are in prison. Don't tell me. Don't tell me shit like that. 
Now I'm an accomplice. <laughs> now, now I have to go. Now you know, maybe I have to rat on you. Now I'm either a rat or I'm an accomplice. What a fucking predicament you just put me in by telling me that. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so a few years later, I mean, sorry, a few years after LaQuanta's disappearance, someone rented an apartment in her name in what? Stone Mountain, Georgia. Since LaQuanta had graduated from high school in Stone Mountain, it seemed possible that she might have returned to the area. Her mother made the three-hour drive to Georgia but found no sign of LaQuanta. When she spoke to some of the other residents of the apartment building, one man claimed that LaQuanta had been living in the building but had recently moved. Oh, get the had fuck recently out of moved here. out. This is years after she's disappeared, right? This was yeah, a few years, yeah. Wow. He said that she had gotten into some kind of fight and had had come to his apartment looking to use the phone. It has never been confirmed it was actually LaQuanta. If it was her, it seems odd that she wouldn't have gotten in contact with a family member once she had access to a phone. Because that's eyewitness testimony, right? Yeah. Unreliable. It sounds good, though. Like, it sounds like a lead. Because it's like, okay, if some mysterious dude, she could be being sex trafficked, she could be being held against her will, she could be in some weird type of... That's that Johnny Goss shit. That's what, yeah, yeah, right? But then again, it's like some guy being like, yeah, some random here's a picture of her from high school. You, they go, yeah, that's the girl who comes to this apartment building. I see her. It's like, that's unreliable as yeah. shit. You know? that's, that's still creepy, though. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, this is the, the fucking phone, the, the voicemail yeah. would lead me down. If you take the voicemail into play, you're like, yeah, I would follow that lead up too. Yeah. It's like she could be being held against her will all these yeah. years. You know, that's fucking crazy. Well, if just from that voicemail, it was like, there's some I, dominant voice. That's there's a dominant voice also for parents like, okay, that's terrifying to hear, but she's still alive. Yes. And that's, and that's more important than anything. Yes. Her, she's still alive. Um, so although LaQuanta's case is still considered active and there is a reward being offered for information leading to her whereabouts, detectives are no longer closer, are no closer to solving the case. Both investigators and LaQuanta's family believe that there are people living in the Montgomery area who knew, mm. who know what happened to her but refused to come forward. Mm. They urge anyone with information to contact detectives and let them know so the family can have some form of closure. Absolutely. So it says that LaQuanta Riley was 19 years old when she was she went missing in 2003. Okay. She has brown eyes, black hair, and at the time of her disappearance, she was five five foot eight, weighed 200 pounds. She was last seen wearing blue jeans, green a green and yellow shirt, and green and yellow Reebok sneakers. Her ears and tongue are pierced. She was wearing a silver barbell in her tongue and a silver chain bracelet when when she went missing. She has a tattoo that says Rip Misha on it on one bicep and one that says LaQuanta on the other. If you have any information about LaQuanta, please contact Montgomery Police Department, 334-241-2350. And um at the bottom of this at the bottom of the article it has those pictures that always get to me of the age progression yeah. type photos. Mm-hmm. It's, those things are heartbreaking, but um well, the saddest part, I mean, is that, you know, we, we, you get stuck in this time, right? Of like, you're telling the story about this girl that was 19 or whatever. But if she is still alive, she's almost 40 years old. That's crazy. Man. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's 2003, 2002 yeah. was so long ago. So if she's still alive, she's a whole different person now. Yeah. And we hope that she's still alive, but that's so much time. And like what that. is that called when, like, when that happens from that, that, that that length of time when they just go like, they just change. What is, is Stockholm syndrome? That? That's what. It, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stockholm yeah. syndrome. So it's possible she's still alive, and it's a Stockholm syndrome type of situation, a sex trafficking type of situation, a pimp and a 
you know, a sex worker might have turned her out, I think is a term they use, mm. might have turned her out or something. So, but the the rough part is like the not having that closure for 20 yeah. years, you know, and then you have these little Easter eggs of that she's still alive. Yeah. The voicemail, the apartment. Yeah. So you never even get to your mind as a parent, I would place. assume you're, you're, when you get those kind of little hints as a parent, I would assume your mind could never go. Well, I'm just gonna like tell myself that she she's dead. You can ne- you can never do it because you can you always hear that voicemail. You always remember going yeah. to that apartment and hearing somebody go like, "Oh yeah, that's her." Yeah. Also with the 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 brother, I know um, f- I know that night for him it was like, like who was the person you with or whatever, and that's and that and the back of your head like that's, that's probably, weird, mm-hmm. but it's like you don't think of like she's gonna go missing exactly. And I'm sure he's racked his brain and tried oh, so yeah. hard to be like, just see a face. Yeah. You know, because like the the brain's a powerful thing. Like you could see something and it could be a still shot and it's like in there. But if you didn't get all the information in that moment, you can never, no matter how hard you try, be like, what was the license plate? What was the color yeah. of the car? But it's just so, it's like like the missing people case when they, they, they go unsolved. It's so, it's like, for me, it's just, it's terrifying because it's like the person that, did this horrible thing is still out. Mm-hmm. They could be riding up and down the street. You can be, you can talk to this person or whatever. This dude probably stalking the family. They don't even, they don't even know. Yeah. And that's, that's so scary, man. Like Terrifying. that's, that's super scary. Yep. So that was my, um, for murder this week. LaQuanta Riley. Rest. I mean, I don't even want to say rest in peace. Yeah. Cause it's still an open case. That's the fucking tough part about these cold cases and these missing person cases. It's just, I just hate the lack of closure, man. But you know, prayers to her family. You know, and I hope that they get closure or answers at some point. I really do. I really hope that that happens for them. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into these good vibes. We can get out of here. Welcome back. My favorite segment, our good vibe segment. I go first this week. So my good vibe is um, there are still honest people in the world. And that and that honesty can lead to miraculous outcomes. I have a friend who found a wallet and through a series of amazing circumstances found the owner who was part of a, a migrant group from Jamaica who came to the United States to pick apples. Oh, The way she found him and what happened next was truly miraculous. One day recently, Laura Fenby was shopping at a garage sale in Rochester, New York. And as she was leaving, she found a wallet on the ground. She looked inside and found a Jamaican drive. She looked inside and found and didn't have any money in it. Mm-hmm. Did she decide? No, I'm According to her. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she, she looked inside and found I mean, you're Jamaican. kidding, but we don't know. Yeah, true. Jamaican. I found out a Jamaican's driver's license, mm-hmm. some American cash and some Jamaican cash. She tried all the usual ways to locate the man whose name was George. You know when some people, you know when people lose IDs, put them, you can put them in the mail. You put them in the mail. Just the whole wallet? No, no, no. You put like an envelope. The ID. The ID. Oh, I didn't know that. You just, just just throw the ID in there? Yeah, throw I didn't know that at and all. Then, you don't got to put it in an envelope or something? No, just throw it in the mailbox and then we send it down and then it gets to the person. It gets to where it needs to get to. Yeah. I did not know that at all. <laughs> what about the rest of the wallet though? I can't throw the uh, whole wallet in there. You got a mail. You got put. You got to get fucking a bubble wrap uh, envelope. No, yeah, you got to pay get, for that. Yeah, yeah you know. 
This ain't my wife. I don't <laughs> she couldn't find him through Google or Facebook. And then she asked for suggestions through Nextdoor, a community website. Mm-hmm. Laura received a lot of ideas and responses, some of them not so positive. <sighs> Want to know what those responses was like? <laughs> yeah, good question. Racist people. But one lady suggested that she contact a little store that is known to have many Jamaican migrant workers as clients. So Lori called the store and found that, yes, indeed, there was someone named George who lost his wallet. She suggested that the owner contact George and have him call her. When George contacted her, he was able to identify all the contents of the wallet and Lori was able to return it. But it didn't stop there. Lori asked George, what do you, what do you and the migrant workers need? And he said they could use some warm clothes. Lori immediately contacted the next door community and was able to organize a clothing drive. Wow. She received lots of t-shirts, sweatshirts, shoes, and other supplies. Recently, Lori was able to meet George and the other migrant workers in Rochester, and she joined them to pick apples together. So she got them shoes. She got them face masks. Um, she got them toothpaste. Oh, that event was probably lit too. She got George involved. They brought some jerk chicken out and fucking probably. people trying on clothes and shit. Yep, got Jamaican some Jamaican uh, music playing. Yeah, got some um uh, bars of soap, some deodorant, got some razors, body wash, socks, underwears, all kinds of shit, man. Street! Yeah. Street! <laughs> uh so they're they are so thankful to Lori and her friends, and none of this community building or friendship would have happened if the wallet has stayed in George's pocket. That's beautiful, man. She, yeah, she man. really took that all the way to the to the finish line, you know? That's dope for her to go, you know, what do you yeah. guys need? You yeah. need help with something? That's that's super dope, man. It's really cool. Shout yeah. out to her. Yep. Uh, my my uh, Good Vibe story, friends, a little bit different. You know, we've been talking about all kinds of stuff. We're talking about soaking and nut and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I found a really Good Vibe story that kind of fits into those you know, those themes. Mm-hmm. And I uh, found an article about four in 10 people, older Americans say that they have, have had the best sex of their lives as they've aged. Okay. So yeah, it's good for us, man. <clears throat> so there may be good reason for grandma and grandpa to have that, re- have not returned that phone call. Ugh. <laughs> A new survey of 2000 Americans aged 50 and older have found that 45% have reported having the best sex of their life as they've aged. Have you seen, I'm sorry, have you seen that commercial? I think it's like a detergent commercial. I know. You know what I'm talking about? I love that commercial where he's like, he's like, oh, what are you guys doing? They're like, our clothes are just wrinkly. And then he sees them later on in the commercial and their clothes are clean. He's like, okay, cool. But they're coming out of a closet and they're like, we just fucked that closet up. (laughs) But he doesn't know because our clothes are clean. I love that commercial. (laughs) And they're like, they like look at each other like, like, "Ah, nice. Knock that hip back into place. Am I right, Cheryl? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's that's right, Hubert. You sure did. <laughs> Why use those names, man? Cheryl Hubert. I think those are accurate. I think there's a, a couple. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like I said, a survey was done. 45% of people have said they've had the best, best sex of their life as, as they've aged. Hmm. In fact, the results showed that one in eight respondents have had sex at least five times a week. Above 50. Wow. Yeah, getting after it. A a study conducted by one poll on behalf of Lello, the survey found that 35% are are surprisingly more intimate than ever before. And the same amount said their sex drive is higher than when they were younger. Hmm. More than a third of people over 50 would like to be more intimate but don't have the time. 38% are uh, likely because 42 or 38% say that. 
likely because 42% claim they were always working. 39% were living with others or often have family coming over. Well, leave them alone, man. They're trying to get their, their freak on. <laughs> Nearly half of those whose kids are out of the nest, those empty nesters, said their sex life had improved drastically. Mm. So all the, all, you know, if we have all the college listeners to hear, as soon as you, your dad dropped you off and was like, I'm going to miss you so much, then the, the yeah. home is never going to be the same. He went home and blew your mom's back out. So yeah. just keep that image in your head for you know, for the rest of your life. I want you to, I want to sear it in your brain. I want you to see that that night they're walking around butt naked, going to yeah, the fridge. Rest, getting, rest in peace, rest in peace pops. He said that in Friday. Yeah, man. Walk around, Johnson swinging, <laughs> getting juice out of the fridge. Mom, walk around, titties bouncing. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yeah, man. Man, rest in peace to John Witherspoon, man. <laughs> rest in peace to John oh, Witherspoon. Man. But that's accurate. That's what your dad yeah. did with your mom when he dropped you off to school. I'll walk around that butt nigga boy. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> they said their sex life drastically improved after their kids went away to college. Mm. Although some Americans 50 and older don't have, to, don't have as much time to be intimate as they'd like, more than half said that they take advantage of their free time by being intimate with their partners. So like whenever there's whenever there's time available, we get freaky. Of course, apparently Dr. Drew and his wife go at it like yeah. rabbits. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Dr. Drew. They like six times a week or something crazy like that. I was like, wow. damn, he's, they're like in their fifties, fifty plus. They they can't get enough of each other. <laughs> While the most popular places in the home that responded, oh, that respond not uh, <laughs> shout out to them. I didn't know it was going to go into this much detail. Sorry. Not sorry. You know what? No, you know we're not. We're sex positive here. We don't sex shame. Yeah. I will. I will continue with my statistic that I'm going to read. While the most popular places in the home that respondents have had sex are the bedroom, sixty nine percent said that, and the living room, forty eight percent said that. One in four older people admitted to getting a little adventurous in the laundry room or on the staircase. The laundry room, uh, like that that laundry commercial, they were in the laundry room. Yeah, or on the staircase. That's youthful. Freaks. Yeah, that's youthful. The step, <laughs> the steps, freaks. the yeah. steps is a young man's. Like they game. can't even make it. Nah, we're it just too so amorous. Intense. Yeah, <laughs> we, just, we can't even. Oh my god, I was. I'm all riled up. I can't even make it up these steps. Yeah, I got I can't make like, it around the bend. Yeah, the, the like, oh bend man, the steps to go. I can't make it around. Or the little, the little, right the little now. medical chair on on the banister ran out of battery halfway up the steps. <laughs> we just hopped off. Got right, got down right there on the half of the steps. I want one of those in my house, by the way. Like now, why? It just looks fun. You just hop you in. Would get up, you would get up whoop, the stairs five times faster than that whoop, thing. Going up the thing, you know. Isn't that you like just, bad luck? What? And then like when you do shit like that, and then like bad luck. What? What is the thing? What thing? Like if you get in like a wheelchair, if you sit in a wheelchair, and you're not bad luck. You don't need a wheelchair. Yeah. But like, you don't is that a, a yeah? But like, <laughs> what if I just don't feel like what? I don't. Who's to say that that chair is for people who are only for people who are, have some kind of disability? What if I had a large meal? <laughs> and you can't walk up the steps. Oh, I'm so full. The itis. You never been you debilitated by the itis? Yeah, you can't walk up the steps. Yeah, man, just hop That's in crazy. the little chair. That's why I would have it. Whoop, whoop. So slow. But it's like leisurely. Mine would have little Bluetooth speakers on it. I could see you in a lock cabin. <laughs> Going to the thing. Oh, the speaker, the bass. I, I think it would be great. You would get fat. Look, man, I think yeah. at a point in my life, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm just going to be in big shirts. And, and, I, and I think my, my, my goal is I want to get... I, by, by like in this stage of my life, I'm, I'm only young once. I want to get in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. for like five years, mm-hmm. like best shape possible. And then after just five years of riding it out, take all the pictures I can. And then after that, fuck it, 
by like 35, 37 go. years old, I'm just like, man, fuck it, man. I just blow just up. Turn into a mess. I stain sweatpants and shit all the time. Oh, I wouldn't give a fuck. Anyway, back to uh, these old people having sex. <laughs> so uh, one, uh, they were, uh, a quote from the study said that even though we don't see many older adults being sexually romantic in the media, it doesn't mean they don't enjoy it too, said Luca Maltinovic, uh, who was a Lelo's chief marketing officer. And I just want to say also, shout out to Diane Lane and Unfaithful. What a steamy movie, a legendary movie. Her and Richard Gere play a couple who he's cuckolded by a younger Italian man. Diane Lane looks fantastic in that movie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with showing like an older woman in the throes of passion. I, I agree with him in that. We don't see that in the media enough. I'd like to see Helen Mirren, you know, getting her groove back. She's beautiful. Yeah. Make old people have sex in movies again. Or for the first time, I don't know if they have ever done that, but do it know. again. I don't know. Cloris Leachman, all of them. Let them do it. Uh, but one in eight said that they would feel uncomfortable talking to talking to their partner about changing their sex drives. It's an awkward conversation sometimes. That's why we are a sex positive podcast. You know, you change it. Like being like, I'd like to have sex more. Oh, like it's a weird conversation that just be like talk about what you need from your partner sexually, or it's taboo. People, some for some people. Um, so the myth around it is related to people's discomfort with aging, but intimacy comes in different forms. As we age, and it can be just as satisfying. Yeah, 42% of those who have a low sex drive fear that it might destroy their relationship. But intimacy doesn't always have to be sex. Americans 15 and over enjoy bonding with their partners non-sexually by watching movies or having intimate dinners or going on walks. One respondent said a night out enjoying each other's company helps spark their intimacy, while others say it's important to remind one another that they love each other they uh the changes that come with aging make women and men communicate more get more creative and have more time to explore which leads to getting the right type of satisfaction that's uh another quote from the guy from the study that's what your dad does right i mean he's going out going watch movies <laughs> going on walks yeah, and talking sure. about <laughs> talking about you know the politics i haven't talked to my dad in four days i don't know what he's up to i do I have some guesses. You think that man is 20 some years old. Yeah, man. Took the Corvette out. And just shout out to a, my pops. Shout out to Mr. Raj, man. <laughs> this is like, this is like, this is, this study is catered towards him. Yeah. When no. you moved out. Shit, when, when I you were moved there. back. <laughs> <laughs> you Whenever you were there. Yeah. <laughs> there, not there. <laughs> Say, man, hey, stay, hey, man stay in your room for a couple hours, okay? I'm, don't come out here. I won't be here. I'll leave. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Oh man! Oh yeah! Shout out to Mr. Rod, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just a funny little study to talk about. Shout out to people, you know, getting up there in age. You can still get your freak on. Nothing, yeah, nothing holding, nothing holding you back. That. Don't let that stuff hold you back. Um, uh, before before we get out of here, like I said, the way down is a, a docu series on HBO Max. That's where I got my affirmative murder from for this week. Uh, Squid Game. I don't think I need to tell anybody at this point. It's the biggest show in the world currently. So. You know, there's that. I actually, and and I uh, this week I watched Midnight Mass, which is the next installment, I believe, in the Haunting series on Netflix. So there's the Haunting at Hill House, there's the Haunting at Bly Manor, and then there's Midnight Mass. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. So those are just a couple of things that I would be recommending. Fran, you've seen anything? Watching? I was watching. Uh, I watched the ID Channel a lot lately. Anything uh, specific? I uh the one that was on was um the the Lean Sisters or the Lion Sisters. Oh, I'm not familiar. So it was the two young girls that um that went out to had to hang out hang out with the mall at the mall and then mm-hmm. these guys 
pick these young girls up. Like, oh, like older guys? Yeah. Oh. And they went missing, and um, they never found out who did it or whatever. Wow. And then 40 years later, they did the investigation or whatever, and 40 years later, they found the guy who was saying that he had nothing to do with it. He was in jail for something else. Mm. But they found out he was, like, connected somehow, and he was there. He kept saying, I wasn't there. I don't know nothing. And then it was like, all right, I know something. I know a little bit. 40 then, years later. And then it was like, all right, hey, I was there, but I ain't seen nothing. Then it was like, it was me. All right, I was there. I was there. I saw it was like his dad and his uncle wow. that did everything. And the only reason why they found they found the house that all this went down, he was like, oh, that house is still up? He didn't even know the house was still up. And then they went down there. You know, I like the forensics. Yeah. So they went down there in the basement where he said this all happened at, and they sprayed it down. Yeah. They said it fucking glowed up. 40 years later. 40 years later. They said blood doesn't, it just, it blood doesn't, doesn't, go just doesn't go away. Wow. And I was like, that is crazy. 40 years later. That reminds later. me, before we get out of here, that reminds me of the Jason Thomas Scott case. We talked about, um, this was some time ago, but the guy that was from PG County who was going on doing all those home burglaries and yeah. killing And this around. was in Maryland. This was Wheaton, Maryland. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. But they found him because he had burned up a, a mother and a daughter in a car and the type of uh, plant that was in the car, mm-hmm. when they found his accomplice who was doing the robberies with him, they pointed him to the house where they would go to count the money and break up the stuff. Yeah. And when they pulled up to the house, the house was surrounded by the type of trees that the leaf inside oh, the car shit. was. So it was like, it, it was like, it, it was like the biggest connection ever like you pull up and it was a very specific type of flower in the car and when they pull up to the house where he's like yeah this is where we go after we commit the crimes yeah the whole house was like there was those trees all around the house i love that shit man yeah man that forensics the the forensic side of that stuff has these really crazy when 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 the reveal is big yeah where it's like they found a big the only thing that was at the scene of the crime was like a, a yellow patch of cloth and then they're like this guy only wears yellow he wears a yellow sweater all the time or it'd be like or like it'd be a car and be like that car. Nobody makes the car anymore, but that car only had that type of like carpet in it. Or some yeah, crazy shit like that. Yeah, it's that shit. I love that shit. It man. gets not, crazy. It, gets, it gets crazy like that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, go check out the ID channel, man, and uh, go check out Stitcher, man. It's a lot of uh, cool podcasts. It's a great uh, place where you know they have all the podcasts available. For, so make that your podcast app if you would like. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and happy fall, folks. Let's turn up. Yep, deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park